You you always deal with controversy, bro. It's 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 part of being impactful. There is not one NBA player that is successful in the field that doesn't have a bunch of people who could never do what they do talking about them the next morning. Not one. LeBron James will have people talking about him <laughs> when he is done playing basketball. The same way Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, these people were impactful in their generation to the point where people made whole careers off of critiquing what they could never do. Teach. Oh, that right there going to I got let that just settle. Jesus. Love is a treasure chest, but once opened, our hearts become vulnerable. I I went back to Vegas. It was this guy. He appeared as a friend. Sure enough, it led to infidelity. Alignment can't be ignored. We talked about certain topics as far as having kids. She didn't want to have kids. Um, and that was one of the red flags. And I know you desire marriage. So I think it's best you move on with your life. What you do, hold on, Lisa, what you do? I told him, okay. <laughs> she didn't ask me why. I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. I've, I watched their videos of them having sex, so I would try to imitate that. No discussion is off limits. Dear Future Wifey Podcast brings healing. You inspire us to try God a little bit more. Uh, but through this platform, I have realized that it's possible. It's possible to love again. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. Season 7 is all about tough topics. I'm Lataris R. Winfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lataris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, can we get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Y'all know this is the season of tough topics. Season seven, thank y'all for rocking with us. We're on our road to hitting a half a million subscribers. So, hey, make sure you tell all your friends and family members about the Dear Future Wifey podcast so that we can all heal together. You know, I've been waiting on this episode since the inception of Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm trying to tell you no cap. I've been following this brother for many years before the world began to know about his greatness and uh, his charisma, just who he is. This brother needs no introduction, but he is a two-time New York Times bestseller, uh, going on his third time, because this book is definitely going to be a New York Times bestseller. It's just so effortless for this king. So without further ado, welcome to Dear Future Wifey Podcast, my homie, Mike Todd. What's going no, on, bro? Michael Alexander Come Todd. on, put the Come whole on. governmental the whole name out there. All, Not all government, governmental. governmental. You yes. understand? Michael Alexander Todd. How you doing, Man, team? I am blessed. I'm so excited to be on this podcast today. This has been a long time coming, as well as God kind of this summer divinely orchestrated everything. What happened? We literally were in Las Vegas uh, for the Stella Awards. Yeah. I wasn't even supposed to be there. Really? No, 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 no. Like, my wife at the last minute was like, let's go. And usually I was on my sabbatical. Yeah, so sure usually was. we don't mess with nothing. We be at the crib. We <laughs> chilling. be chilling. 
And she was like, let's go to the Stellars. We go to Stellars. You happen to be doing a live Dear Future Wifey podcast. Yeah. When I was coming down on the elevator to yeah. leave. Yeah. And you said, uh, Mike Todd. And I turned around and I was like, I know you. He's like, I know you. And then we just had like a bromance right there <laughs> exactly. in the in the lobby. Right by the elevator. And, and literally connected to pictures. And then I think like a week later, my team reached out. Yep. And you we exchanged information. Yeah. He was like, yo, look what what just happened. Look what happened. And and it was like uh we needed to get together and do some talking before this book came out. Yeah. And it was like, this is the perfect moment for this to happen. So when God coordinates it, it's effortless. Let me tell you what made me um, first of all, let me go back. I'm gonna go back to something that God did in my life that was inspired by you in 20. 21 at the end of 2021 one of the things i like about you is that you document your life yes sir and i saw these videos that you were posting called it's only crazy until it happens yes sir and you were showing how y'all buying up the block and and in <laughs> tulsa and i was looking at this i said hold on god if you could do it for him, yes, sir. you could do it for me. Yes, sir. And so I started envisioning. Uh, so I had this, I have this vision of getting these acres of land for foster care because I have, uh, I adopted two young kings out the foster care system. And my vision beautiful. has been to open up the state of the art, uh, beautiful mansion for foster kids. Mm. And so um, I have been driving by this property and I've been like, you know, you you know God can, but you don't know if he will. Come on, man. And so I was like, man, I don't know. That's 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 too much. I pulled it up on the MLS. It said that the, the, the property was $1.79 million. I was like, I got $17.99 <laughs> in my account. I can't get no $1.79. So I said, hold on. And then I saw this video where um, um, you were standing on top of the building, and I saw this huge arena that y'all had purchased. And then I saw that video. Then I saw where it started popping up all the buildings around it. I said, yeah. hold on. God, you are the same God for Michael Todd as yes, you sir. are for me. Yes, sir. So I stood out there and I went and started doing research on the property and they had it as like an Airbnb where you can go take camping trips out there. So I went out there and I said, I'm going to go ahead and camp out. The day that I scheduled to camp out on there was December the 22nd, which was the date that I rededicated my life to Christ when I was 18 years old. Wow. And so I went there. I brought my sons out there. We, get, we had tents out there and I began to camp out. Started walking the property. Come I said, on, God, I'm believing you for this land. Then I did something real crazy. Come on. I documented it, and then I recorded it, put it on Instagram, and said, I will have this land within a year. Yikes. Now, I was very afraid to do that because people be like, I thought you said, I thought yeah, you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, 12 days later, this lady came on my podcast, Terry Igioma. She said, you know what? I've been watching you talk about doing X, Y, Z. She said, I am going to... Purchase the land. I ain't going to put no stress on you. I'm going to buy the land for you. And when you get the money to pay me back, get it. But you have complete access. She wrote a check. No. She said, negotiate the deal. I negotiate the deal from $1.799 to $1.25 million. Boy. She wrote a check. 12 days later, she agreed to do it. 21 days after that, it was purchased. I will run out of this podcast studio right now. But it's because it's only crazy until it happens. Glory to God. And I put that on the video. I said, God, this is going crazy. God, this is, on, this, is, this is scary. But when I start watching you operate like that, another thing that blessed my life was I've always envisioned for churches to give more than they receive. Mm. I watched you Christmas after Christmas bless people to the tunes of millions of dollars. Yes, sir. 
I salute you and Transformation Church for being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. That's bro. why I honor you. I honor you because you live faith out loud. Mm. And and um, and so I'm just amazed by your testimony. I'm amazed at your calling. I told you before we recorded, I visit the church before it became uh, he snuck a facility. In. Yeah, when it was way back. When we was in the hood. In the hood. What was that place, a little shopping center or so Albertson? What it was, was that? It used to be a food lion, an old grocery store. It is 33,000 square feet in the hood. And I took over a church that had been going for 16 years from a white gentleman right up the street from where the race massacre happened in 1921. The Tulsa race massacre. I, and, and that pastor, uh, Gary McIntosh, felt that God told him to come to North Tulsa to reverse the curse. And how beautiful would it be for a white man to leave? He lived there. Like he, he, he moved his whole family, everything lived out there, started that church, pioneered it for 16 years and reversing the curse was him giving me a paid off building and handing the keys over to a young black man. And as soon as that happened, that's when God just exploded our ministry and um we've been able to help and uh just add value to a lot of people in the kingdom of god man and so it's just crazy like just hearing you say that just hearing the different testimonies that come off of what you do to just obey god like yeah. i wasn't doing that so that maybe this will start a revolution like i was just trying to obey god and god told me i can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine, but you don't believe it. But Mike, that has to blow your mind when you find yourself buying a whole arena. And Bro. like, come on, because I saw the humble beginnings of it. Bro. And it's like, did you ever imagine this would become the life that you live? No, 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 no. I didn't imagine it. I knew it was possible if God was with me, though. If God was with me. If God was with me, I knew it was possible. And so in my journey of crazy faith, I have done so many things. I got so many more videos and so many other things written down that people will never see because those things were practice for the things that people do see. And see, that's the thing. You think everything should work. I think that everything's working in me and working for me. And so there are things that I've done in Crazy Faith that did not happen. There are things and videos and things I've written down, but God was like, but I got somebody, he's working that muscle. He believes I can do it. He sees that I'm going to do it. Even if you wouldn't have got that building, yeah. it would have led to something else because God saw that he could trust you with that idea. And so um, it is now that a lot of things happen. Men of God, we went from the hood of Tulsa to in three years, we bought up almost $200 million worth of That's real estate. That's what I'm talking like, about. Like, it's ridiculous. In three years. I don't have no real estate license. I don't know anything. Like, it has literally been listening and obeying, partnering with the right people, and then believing God in crazy faith. Well, you had to have, it had to be people alongside you saying, okay, you're trying to do too much. Oh, definitely. So how did you block out that? How did you block out the voices? Because you got to think to go from the square footage <laughs> in the hood at an old food lion to taking over a, a, an arena. Yeah. And then not just getting we, an no, arena. We, we paid the arena off in five months. The $10.5 million, 200,000 square feet. We paid that off in five months. That was, that was nothing. That was practice for God. Did he you was, say that's nothing? It was nothing. You know how many people still got building funds on, hear, on a building hear, hear that's $200,000 building? He, hear what I'm saying. It was nothing because God had a plan. He just needed us to obey. And so literally we got into that building. Okay, but it's other crazy faith statements because oh, watch this. We, I, I make the deal to get the $10.5 over text message. 
Okay. <laughs> so I had become, listen, crazy faith that God told me four years earlier to befriend people who understand money. There it is. Okay. So then I started having lunch with the bank president and I would go drive clear to another city, Owasso, to meet this bank president for 15 and 20 minutes. To tell him about the little finance, my little finances, my little my little two dollars and a half was not. But he would talk to me and tell me books I need to read. And I so so by the time we got to the place where teach, we needed financing teach. for our building, I text him, and he texts me done. That was the process. So many times, what we are preparing for, we need to be preparing other things before we're preparing for the actual thing. There it is. And most of the time we want the thing and we won't obey God in the little steps. It was crazy faith for me to go be talking to this old uh, white guy about my finances. But God said, this relationship is going to yield fruit in the future. And so now, but watch this. So I do the thing through text message. And then God tells me when he said done, text him back, you're going to pay it off by the end of the year. Now I'm like, Lord, what now? Come on now. Got me out crazy. We got me out the hood, <laughs> but now you about to make me look dumb. Like, because these aren't things that are necessary. And that's why I'm saying, don't just do stuff for shock and awe. You better make sure God said it. <laughs> exactly. But I knew in my prayer time, God told me, this is August. We bought a building of 2019. And God said, tell him it'll be paid off by the end of the year. The man laughed at me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He laughed at me, and I said, bet, December 22nd, 23rd? December 22nd. Brother, oh, I didn't know that it was, oh, I didn't know that it was that prophetic in here. December 22nd. I don't, it was around that yeah. day. I, we paid off that whole building. That man called me back and <laughs> said, congratulations, you are the fastest paid off loan in our 53-year bank history. I, I'm saying this to say, this ain't even about money. This is not even about buildings. This is about obedience. There it is. And when people are obedient in the small things, you're working that muscle so that God can trust you with larger things. And so as I'm sitting here right now, man, the things that God has done, it, it would be obnoxious for me to share all of the things that God has done. The thing that I want to let you know, it still takes the same amount of faith. It takes the same amount of faith to rest that it does to believe God for a building. See, a lot of people, you grinding and hustling and, and, and putting it together and doing your thing. And God said, you need to take a break every week. You need to take a vacation. Your children are missing you. Your wife is becoming emotionally detached to you because you out here getting a bag. And the truth of the matter, this is the Dear Future Wifey podcast, yeah, right? Okay, yeah, I just wanted yeah, to make yeah, sure yeah, we could now? touch on relationship. Oh, are, you, are, are you there? The truth of the matter is the same faith that took you to build them that, that empire is the same faith it's going to take for you to walk away from it and allow God to do something on your inside of you. This is why I believe that a lot of people only use faith in one direction. And I believe that faith is supposed to be, the Bible says we walk by faith. So that means in any direction I step, faith should be the step. And most people don't live like that. They only live faith for bigger, more. Sometimes it takes faith to downsize. Sometimes it takes faith to rent a studio. Sometimes it takes faith to write the book with no publisher on a piece of paper. See, and everybody wants to talk about the faith when it ends up in a big building, but I'm talking about what if the faith makes you end up in the back row? That's faith too. 
I had a conversation with Robert Madu. We was working out at Orange Theory, and he said one of the things that you said to him that just blew his mind. You said, you don't pastor the local community, you pastor the world. And that changes the level of giving. It changes the level of impact. It changes the level of influence. And it's amazing that you're not in some Los Angeles or Atlanta or some major city. Tulsa, Oklahoma. People don't even think there's black people there. <laughs> Let's be very clear. They be asking me, do we ride around on horses and stuff? Y'all, get get out of the gutter. You, that is stupid. But the truth of the matter is, it's not a major metropolitan city. This We don't have a, a, a major hub in, uh, airport. I got to fly to Dallas to go anywhere. Do you hear me? I got to fly to Charlotte or Chicago or Denver to go anywhere. Do you hear me? But if God can do it there. That's what's so amazing to me. What can God not do? But I remember when I was sitting in that service and I saw you, I was like, this, this is, he ain't going to be here too long. Wow. And I said, I said, I wish I had a bunch of money to pay him to come to Dallas and start a church. <laughs> I said that. I said, I would there, invest in that, brother. There's a few people that's <laughs> trying to pay me to come to a city to start a church. But that's the difference between opportunity and assignment. Talk about it. God only blesses the assignments he calls for. David was able to defeat Goliath because David was on assignment. Oh, God. No. I mean, if he would have just like, let me go fight somebody today, that would have been an opportunity. <laughs> and he probably would have got his butt whooped. But he was on assignment and he knew who sent him today. <gasps> my God is going to, he, he's going to take you out. And then I'm going to cut your head off. And all I've been doing is cutting off the heads of giants that God has slain. But how did you balance that when given opportunities to maybe build a church? Like, name some cities that people try to get you to go to. Bro, stop. Don't even try to do that. Okay, what okay. I want, What I want you to know is that I will never leave the place that God has called me to leave until he escorts me somewhere else. Escort you. He's got to be with me. I'm not going if he ain't going because I'm not good enough. Ain't no preaching I can do. Ain't no social media. Ain't no graphics. Ain't no team better than God. And most people right now are trying to get everything outside of God. And what I'm telling people is if you would just do what he says, I mean, relationship goals blew up and we had no marketing department, no video editing. We had nothing. We had our sermons on YouTube. Sure did. And literally nobody was watching our YouTube except my mom and her few friends. <laughs> that's, that's all that was watching. Like, and, and what I'm saying is God's PR, God's platforming, God's, the Bible talks about elevation. It comes from him. The truth of the matter is a lot of us are trying to figure out an algorithm. You need to figure out the anointing. That's God's approval. What you're not going to do oh, is I, have me tear up my whole studio. I, I, That's what you're I, not about to do. Hey, man, I'm just trying Same. to give people the real. Say. Like, like the real of it is there's no algorithm that has done this. It's the anointing, and God can choose to use whatever he wants to. And the a word anointing, just so everybody doesn't think this is some big churchy word, all it really means when you get down to the essence is God's approval. He's put his hand on it, and he said, when I put my hand on it, can't nothing stop it. Can't nothing stop it. No controversy, no canceling, no, nothing can stop what I've put my hand on. The biggest thing is you need to be following his hand. You need to be trying to stay under the hand. That, that's all I'm trying to do. No matter what anybody is saying, I'm just trying. If his hands start moving, I start moving. 
And that's the key to being obedient in Christ. Is stay under the hand, bro. How do you deal with the controversy? I saw this old stupid uh, post about Natalie in some little outfit. And I was looking, I was like, what was wrong with it? She had this dress down to her ankles and then had this like two top. And they, you, you always deal with controversy. Bro, it's, it's, it's part of being impactful. There is not one NBA player that is successful in the field that doesn't have a bunch of people who could never do what they do talking about them the next morning. Not one. LeBron James will have people talking about him <laughs> when he is done playing basketball. The same way Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, these people were impactful in their generation to the point where people made whole careers off of critiquing what they could never do. Teach. Oh, that right there. Gonna pre I got let that just settle. Jesus. People made whole careers off of critiquing what they can't do themselves pretty much. It's like you're over here telling, well, he missed his shot. He's getting paid too much money to play on this team. They overpaid him. Why did he lead his team or whatever? And they couldn't beat him on one-on-one, five-on-one. You know what I'm saying? But this age, we have, we have always uh, been ones to try to profit off of somebody else's um, process. But how do you handle it, Mike? So the truth of the matter for me is I don't listen. Like, I am not connected to culture in the way that many people are. I'm called to help culture, but I'm not getting my confirmation from them. How's that? How's the balance? That's a tricky balance yes, because sir. you are very much so a part of culture because of how you do your sermons, mm -hmm. how you do your social media. Yeah. You have cutting edge uh, technology in your services. Yeah. Uh, all this stuff. You're very much a part of culture and your influence is built from that. Yeah. Then how do you say you're connected but not connected? So that's where I go to disseminate content. That's not where I go to find my validation. There's two totally different things. I don't go to my gas tank to drink. But I do have to go to the gas pump to actually put gas in my car. You got to know where to go for what. God. And there are many people that are drinking the gasoline Woo! instead of going to the water fountain. And for me, I go to the water fountain. I go to the word. I go to his presence. I go to my wife. I go to my accountability. I just left my mentor's house. I just, like, I don't, I cannot go to places that have toxicity to get my nourishment. I have to go to places that have fruit. And a lot of places that we go are just not good for us. And so I can use it, but it does not have to define me. And so when all the controversies happen, when people, I mean, there are certain people who they just, yeah. they don't like you. Yeah. Ain't nothing <laughs> so you going to do. Ain't nothing, gonna ain't do nothing you could ever do. You no. can give them a thousand dollars. But it wasn't two thousand. Like, it, it don't matter. But then there are people that it shocks you. That's like, dang, like, I thought we, <laughs> I thought dang, we, cool. I thought we was cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? But the truth of the matter is God uses those things many times to test you to see where your heart actually is. And this last two years has been 
uh, a process of pruning for me to allow me to walk into a le another level of spiritual maturity for what I believe the assignment is up ahead. I mean, I, again, I, I, I think about different athletes. I think about LeBron James having to have the pressure that was on him from high school. And he's 20 plus years in the league. Yep. At some point, he had to build up a tolerance. Yep. Yep. I said it like this in one of my sermons a couple of weeks ago. I said, we need to stop praying for weaker storms and start praying for stronger partners. Praying for strong, stronger partners. Instead of weaker storms. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're going to be impactful in the kingdom of God, you're going to face storms. Period. Especially in the social media age, especially when people can take a clip out of context yes. and, then, and then actually be lazy enough to not even find out what it really means <laughs> and form a whole decision and start a hate group and do a YouTube video on it. Like, yikes. That's, that's <laughs> super lazy. Like... That's like somebody that's like somebody driving by my house when I step outside to go check the mail and be like, Natalie's cheating on you. And I literally pack my stuff and leave. Like I didn't even talk to my wife. I didn't just think like I've never seen this person before. They drive by, your wife is cheating on you. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm out of here. Like, what? Like, but. That's how lazy some of us have become with how we take. Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? That's so real. It's the, it, and, and I just, I know that there's nothing. I mean, that's part of the culture. Like, that's part of what happens. And that is what it is. But it does not define my calling. It can't. Because none of them called me. I didn't ask for this. There was not one prayer that I prayed. God. Let me be the voice of a generation. Lord, let me please have a platform that I never prayed that Did prayer. you want to be a preacher? No. What did you want to be? A producer. A music producer. I've played drums since I was two. I started producing when I was 16. I've worked with a lot of cool people. I thought I was going to be on the Renaissance tour right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that I was going to be writing checks to my parents so they could do their little church. Like, that's, like, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, I never thought, but when God came to me out of Hampton Inn in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and said, I want you to be the next pastor of Transformation Church, and I knew it was him at 2 o'clock so in the morning. So church was called Transformation originally? Yeah, it was Transformation before I took over. Okay. People think that I changed Yeah, it. I thought you changed the Transformation. That sounds like a cutting-edge uh, title for a church. The, the pastor before me was so wise that he invited me in to the renaming of the church two years before I became a pastor. And, and that's why it's just context yeah. is king. Cause people will make a whole narrative about something and have no idea where it came from. And for me, when I was in that Hampton Inn and God called me to pastor, I said, Natalie's in the bed sleep. I'm on my knees on the side of this bed. And I said, God, I'll do it. I said, I just don't want to lose my family. Good. And I don't want to ever manipulate for money. Good. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, deal. Good. And since then, Good. all the rest of this stuff, everything that's happened has been what God has thought he could trust me with. Overflow. It has never been what I wanted. Overflow. All I'm, I'm on my face every day 
asking God to give me wisdom. I have 140 people on staff, another 200 people on contract. We're like, we're, we're managing so much. And then on top of that, I'm responsible to point people to Jesus and deliver the word that 150 to 200,000 people are going to watch every step. I don't want to do this. This is not fun. This is faith. So how did you, so did you go to school for a business, anything? I have six months <laughs> of top tier. What camera I meant? Top right tier. Tulsa Community College <laughs> education. Nutrition class took me out. <laughs> and I quit. <laughs> I mean, as you, far as formal nutrition, edu- nutrition, nutrition took nutrition me out. Took I was out. producing till 2 or 3 in the morning. And I would try to make that 7 a.m. nutrition class. And it just, I, it just never worked. Uh, and I was fat back then. So I did not understand <laughs> nutrition at all. I, that was not my strong suit. Matter of fact, shout out to your weight loss, brother. I love, like I said, you invite people on your journey. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's just so dope. I love how you just live out loud. It, the goal is to, to actually, I want people to see my life more than they hear me speak. The truth of the matter is, I mean, we know tons of people who are unhealthy proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, our body's supposed to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. There it is. And I know there's different reasons why people, it's not just fat. There's skinny people who are unhealthy. So Facts. I want to be very clear about yeah. that. Like there's genetics, there's all that other stuff. Yep. But it is not about the outcome. It's about our effort. Most of us don't make the effort at all to actually make sure that our bodies are prepared for purpose. And God, for me, he told me, he said, Michael, I only can bless the ministry to the level your body can take it. And I thought that was unfair. I was like, that's not fair because I see a whole bunch of people who ministry is huge as them. And I like, that's not fair. And he said, because of the call I placed on your life, many can, but you cannot. I want you to go to certain spaces that they'll see you before they hear you. Mm. You don't understand what I'm trying to do with you. This is not compared to anybody. You better listen and obey me. And man, I ignored it for two years. And then God, uh, probably three years ago, almost four, was like, now is the time. And I thought it was going to happen in six months. I thought I was going to start with a personal trainer and all this other stuff, and it was going to happen in six months. It's been four years. But now my garage, my cars don't get parked in the garage. My whole garage is a gym. I've invested money. I pay a trainer. I eat uh, meal prep meals. I got protein everywhere. I got like, but I've never felt younger in my life. Yeah, I've never felt more prepared for what God has called me to do in my whole life. And so, I, I, again, my encouragement is to add value to somebody. I was 34 years old before I started this process. Like, mm. let's think about what God can do if you surrender today. Surrender. Surrender. Just stop. I had all the excuses, but I love Bluebell cookies and cream ice cream. My God. See, them people on the East Coast don't know nothing about that. They don't know nothing about that, but if you ever want ice cream, forget Hagen dazs forget Ben Ben and and Jerry's, forget all of that. The only ice cream is Bluebell. You need that gold top. Do you hear me? That gold top, boy. But I have not had it in so long because... Only on special occasions, only on moderation. When this book come out, I'm definitely having some cookies and cream. Please believe me. 
But the truth of the matter is I was emotionally eating mm. because of damage. I sp specifically, I'm going to talk to us because in the mm. black community, when somebody dies, we eat. Yep. When somebody gets born, we eat. Yep. When we stressed, we, we eat. eat. <laughs> when we happy, we, we eat. eat. When we don't know what to do, <laughs> we, we eat. eat. <laughs> when we're overworked, we eat. For me, all of the things that were happening in my life, all of the things that I had no control over, the one thing I could have control over is what I did with my knife and fork. Yeah. And so I just kept putting it in. Kept putting it in. Not dealing with the real issues, not dealing with the damage, not dealing with the things that needed to be talked about. But just kept doing it. And that's that's part of this whole journey for me, man. I believe in progression, not perfection. And I think that more people, if they would just really, really be honest about where they are today, it would allow God to come in and do a work from here. Yeah. God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. He blesses yeah. who you really are. Facts. And if we could get to an honest place, that's why I wrote this book, Damaged But Not Destroyed. I'm trying to help the church get to an honest place. I am fully committed to the version of who I am today, knowing that I'm full ready to transform and change as God does it. And so many people are trying to project a version of themselves that they're not being fully who they are today. And if you could ever get to that place, that's where God's going to bless you from. God's showing up at a whole bunch of people's addresses and he's knocking on the door and you ain't even there. You done blueed and Gucci'd and makeup and and BBL'd and done mm -hmm. everything to, to get to this place you think people want to see you at. And God's like, okay, you can do that, but I'll bless you from right where you're at. Well, no, when I get to business, when I get, no, like right there, broken, ashamed, frustrated, business on the end of foreclosure. I'll bless you from right there if you would be real with me. Oh, God. And... That's why my message in this season is you may be damaged, but you're not destroyed. There is value still in you. What's the most vulnerable thing you shared in this book? Oh, bro. Um, I talked about being molested yep. um, at age five, six by a, a boy in the neighborhood. Never knew anything about anything. And I just knew it was wrong. And it happened. Um just just the touching and the uh uh the idea of somebody uh messing with me yeah was i knew it was wrong but i had no context for it i was violated and that made me go into a protection mechanism check this out and i suppressed it so deep that i didn't remember until after i was 30 yeah married kids yep. literally doing a series about Damaged goods. And I'm telling the church, y'all, just ask the Holy Spirit to bring anything back that you need to, 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 to let go of. I'm sitting in the church that Tuesday or Wednesday, and I'm at the altar just worshiping, playing music in the background. And the Holy Spirit brings all of this back to my memory. And if somebody's like, that ain't real. There is scientific there, proof. Yeah. <laughs> I hear thousand that, times. That, 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 psychologists will tell you that you to protect yourself, your brain will lock something up yep. so that you don't have to keep experiencing that pain. It yep. does not mean that it went away, though. Yep. And that thing was still in me. 
And I call my wife and I'm crying. I'm like, Nat, I got to tell you something. And I'm, now I'm thinking about my manhood. I'm thinking yep. about all kinds of stuff. And this is why it's so important for everybody listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. You better marry the right person. Teach. Because in this moment, it had the opportunity to make and break me as a man. Teach. I came to my wife in the most vulnerable moment and told her what happened to me. And my wife held me. And the first thing that she said, I'm so sorry. That wasn't your fault. And I broke like a little baby. I was five or six again. And for the first time in 33 years, I felt safe. And that woman held me and told me I was special and told me that she sees me as a great man of God. And just, I mean, she poured into me sitting on the foot of our bed. I'm getting emotional thinking it's about mess, it. It's messing me up. I'm <clears throat> she saved my life, not because of something she did to protect me, but she gave me her presence and her affirmation. I cannot tell you. I owe everything to Natalie Diane Todd. I am not sitting here today. If that woman did not see me at my lowest and she was used by God to speak into my future, she told me I was a man of valor, that I was a great husband. I was a great daddy. I mean, she literally, every lie was like every lie the enemy was trying to come up. She spoke directly to it and I was just crying. And it was from that moment that it was like, oh, as long as I got God in this woman <laughs> and I'm doing therapy and theology, I mean, I'm a work in progress. I'm not, I'm okay not being perfect. Yeah. But as long as I keep progressing, you might not want to mess with me. <laughs> Let me tell you what I love about you. Uh, first of all, we get to see you in process. A lot of times people feel like they think you about 70 years old, like you just done been <laughs> through life and you're supposed to do everything right. Every Easter play is supposed to be to their liking. <laughs> Every single thing is supposed And it's like, this man is in process. And, and, and like you said, he's accomplishing things from a ministerial standpoint that has not even been achieved before. Wow. And it's like, and so when I look at you, I just be like, in process, because if you ever looked at me in my my um um, I'll say it in my Saul season, mm. then you ain't gonna respect my Paul season. Yikes! And so a lot of times, and people always say, "Gosh, you always talk about your infidelity in your past marriage." That's my Saul season. Come on, man! And because and Paul says, "I boast in my weakness." That's Come because on. he knows what he used to be and how dare he ever get so far removed from uh -oh. who he used to be that while you see him in his present state, you always like. So I I, I boast in my weakness. Come I on. talk about that. Me too. But it's the same grace that I give to other people where I watch them in their season. I look. It's it's. You have to be blind not to see the hand of God over your life. Wow. Someone will have to be straight, being used by the enemy, Satan himself, to look at you and be like, God ain't over him. Mm. Like you got you got to think about that. It's like you'd be hard-pressed to prove that. I saw a video the other day. Somebody DM'd it to me. You casually mentioned some name of some girl, Ricardo, Ricky, whatever you uh -huh, were saying. Uh -huh. Just... Was was using a name, a fictitious name, while yeah. you were preaching, 
And it was on point with this girl who was dating a guy and they were going through their relationship issue. God told her to wait. You said God told you to wait. She said God told her the same thing to wait. She kept pressing the issue, got her heart broken. God separated them for a season. Um, God began to work on him. On. God began to heal him, bring him into uh, the brotherhood of Christ. And then God rejoined them together and they're married. She said, you prophesied prophetically this stranger, you're sitting up here preaching this sermon and is so on point with her life. It was his actual name. His actual name. It, but see, that's how you got to know God's doing this. This is not Mike Todd. This is God. Like, I am a vessel and not a special one, just a submitted one. That's the difference. I'm not special. I'm just submitted. I'll actually do what he says for me to do, even if it makes me look stupid. And I think that in a world where we're so concerned about people's opinion, that we miss a lot of moments to be obedient. To God. So busy trying to please man and just miss the whole mark with the, God. The whole thing. <laughs> like, it's, I got likes, but I have not done what God asked me to do. And I just won't forfeit it. I won't forfeit the plan of God and the purpose of God on my life, even if that costs me whatever. Because the truth of the matter is, my name is nothing without God. Resources is nothing without God. Like, I am very disattached from what God has done through my ministry as opposed to who God calls me and how he sees me in our relationship. As long as that's intact, he can correct me. He can change me. He can move me. Y'all, I've had, I was addicted to pornography. I was a manipulator. I had a case for car insurance fraud. Yeah, that the was fact I saw, that I saw I'm the little, here. The, po the poster, the mugshot. But I tell it. Yeah. Why? Because the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb. That's his work. There it is. The words of our testimony, that's our work. And too many people have shut up about their testimony. Yes. And that's why they're close to falling back into the same thing. There it is. I stay in a place of overcoming. Yes. Because I'm going to tell it. That's. I'm going to tell it. I can't say it better myself. <laughs> I'm going to tell it. Why? Mike Todd, da -da, it brings God glory. <laughs> he gets the glory. My weakness, his strength. This crazy stuff happens. God had to have done that. <laughs> like, and, so, and so when people always tell me, like, why you always talk about that? I say, y'all don't realize how many DMs I get from men and women who are uh, in adulterous relationships yeah, to bro. say, I've been looking for somebody to be able to talk, and you so real. How do I get out of this? I'll be on IG. I'll call people on video calls through, through IG, walking couples through adulterous stuff and healing over adultery or whatnot. I'm like, y'all don't understand. The assignment that y'all see on Dear Future Wifey Podcast is a whole nother assignment it's going a whole on another thing and you're like why he always talk about why because i know it's somebody that's gonna catch Come that on. video somebody's gonna send it to their husband be like okay now i understand and i'm so transparent about it. and that's what drew me to you is that you're so transparent and your your, your, your moniker is we gonna keep it hot basically. humble open and transparent bro. and i say we're gonna keep it lit living intentionally and transparently oh i like <laughs> it it's, they, they both fire references it's hot and it's lit <laughs> man but i, I honestly think it's the only way to live totally because god cannot heal what you won't reveal there it is if you are stuck in keeping it a secret if you were stuck 
and keeping it behind closed doors if nobody else can know. And I'm not saying everybody got to know. I have a specific assignment to live a, a certain way uh, out loud, like you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. To be an example, because yes. the vision of my life, not just the church, is to represent God to the lost and the found for transformation in Christ. So there's a grace on my life to do it in front of people. And 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 the truth of the matter, let me just say this. Y'all don't know everything. I don't show you everything. So they be thinking they know. They think they, I'm showing them everything. <laughs> if you've seen 10 things on my Instagram, 50 things happen. My social media person sitting in the room right now. We don't post. <laughs> I mean, but 10% yeah. of what's happening because I know everybody can't. Handle it. it. No, there's no. no way you can handle it. No. But the truth of the matter is, I think the church has been a place where we've put up walls instead of windows. And it's very um, um, evident in a mall that the front of every store is completely glass. Why? Because as somebody's walking by. Teach, teach, teach. They can look and see, is there something that I see that is worth walking into that store? Ugh! And most churches say, uh-uh, come on Sundays and you can, we'll let you in this one door and we have no windows for you. What I'm saying is, no, nah, this Jesus I know and how he changed my life. And I took me from being jacked up and messed up and broken. I got to give you a window. I will be a window, not a wall. I'm going to show you. And does that mean you get to see sometimes when we change in the floor set, when the mannequins are undressed? When we're putting up a new season and having, yeah, you're going to get to see something. But most of the time, when you come to this store, you're going to see a version that you didn't know was available in this package. And I just, I would, I would, I would beg more believers to be a window and not a wall. They don't even know what this life has to offer, the peace and the joy and the forgiveness and the grace. And the crazy thing about it is what drew us in, we don't want to get in nobody else. Mm. What do you want people to take away from damaged but not destroyed? That the value is still in them. That no matter what has happened to you, how broken you've been, how much you think you've lost, that God has inherently put value in you, that if you're still breathing, he still wants a return on it. The truth of the matter is that a lot of people are feeling discouraged in this season yeah. lost business lost yeah. loved ones um it's not how it used to be all of these different things i've been hurt so bad i've been abused i'm on my third marriage i'm on my yeah. third relationship just all i didn't get into the college i wanted to go like all yeah. of these different things and they're feeling discouraged but um I, I tell this story in the book about how my mom she had five boys it's five todd boys and they've been itinerant ministers since I can remember. So that means in certain seasons they had money, in certain seasons they didn't. Yep, yep, <laughs> like, yep. And so they lived by faith. Uh, they are my heroes spiritually. And I watched it. And I would watch my mom go into a grocery store, um, particularly warehouse market. And she would go into this area in the store called the dented and damaged area. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I know everybody doesn't know about that because yeah. you Uber Eats and yeah. Grubhub and <laughs> you get somebody to ride your food on a bike. I got you. But back in the day, the only way we could eat yeah. was if somebody cooked it. Yeah, yeah. And my mom would go into an area where everything had been discounted where there was rips and there was tears and the labels had been marred and there was chunks missing out of boxes and there was no, no, no visible markings on certain stuff. And she would go into that section 
because she was a master chef. She could take the elements and take them back to the house and put some seasoning on them and put a little fire on them and it will become the best meal. I believe that's what God's doing in this season. He's taking people who've been dented and damaged and scarred and ripped and discounted. And he's saying, would you, would you let me put my hands on you? Would you let me take the thing that nobody else wants? And he's putting it together. And even sometimes putting a little fire on it. And he's, he's getting it to the place where it becomes a taste that he's curated. And that's when I think about the skip scripture that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I believe that this is a season where God's taking damaged people and he's saying, no, 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 no. There's still value in you. You just need to be in the right hands. He's doing that with marriages. He's doing it with businesses and he's doing it for you. I just want to let people know you can go through storms. You can go through trauma, but if God is in it, it will end in triumph. And I share vulnerably and transparent, apparently in this book to give you a playbook. I had to go through a lot of this stuff alone and figure this stuff out. I have figured out cheat codes to be able to face your past. So it does no longer hinders your future. You may be damaged, but you are not destroyed. What is so different from this book versus the powerful sermons that you preach? The you will have a sermon series be like thirty six uh, <laughs> installations of a of a sermon series. So yeah. what, what what what? How did you bleed in this book? That's different from any sermon that you've ever preached. You just said it. I bled in this book. Mm. In the other books, I shared. Yeah, I gave you concepts. I gave you this book has my blood on it. Mm. But the beautiful thing is this book has his blood on it. Wouldn't it be a salt if I just hit you right now? Because you, you keep, you, Jesus, you get on my nerves. Nah, bro, this, Jesus. This, this is covered by the grace of God. I didn't want to write this book. He made me. And when he did, he said, and I'll cover you too. I'm just telling y'all, man. This season, you want to experience God, you got to obey him for real. You got to obey him for real. I could have written a ton of different titles that were sexier, but it would not have been submission. This book is submission to God's authority. And whatever, if this, let me say it like this, Latarius. If I wrote this book for one person, it was worth it. If it doesn't hit New York Times bestseller, if nobody else reads it, but one person, God cares about one person that much. And let me just say this since I'm on the podcast with another black man. I really wrote this for black men. There it is. We have not been given permission to feel. There it is. We have not given permission to actually share where the anger comes from. We haven't even stopped and been slow enough to be able to evaluate it for ourselves. And I just know that if we could ever be transparent enough to actually talk about the damage in our lives, we could change the destiny of a whole generation. Mm. Just black men. Just us. There is so much built on the back of our not dealing with our damage. Yes. 
And I had to go first. I talk about all of it in here. So if you know a black man, you love a black man, you are a black man, you're raising a black man, you need to get this book because it's going to give you language and it's going to give you permission and it's going to give you solutions yes. to be able to deal with the damage. Because I promise you, the value is still in you. I am looking, whoo, I am looking into your future. And I'm telling you, you are different than who you think you are. You haven't even met the person that you were supposed to be. But you will never be able to embrace him if you don't deal with them. You got to go back to actually go forward. Yes. You're damaged, but you are not destroyed. I love you, black man. Um, I'm going to uh, conclude this. Uh, <laughs> Are you crying, bro? No, man. My eyes, you know, something that flew in my eye. Yeah, I need to, um, let me tell you something. Because what's so powerful about it, but powerful about what you're saying is that. I feel God, bro. Yes. I don't know. It's, I feel uh, the presence of God on this Dear Future Wifey podcast. Let me tell you something. When yeah, I say it Lee. is so heavy and I'm and I'm like, it's like what you're saying is in complete alignment with what my mission is on this podcast to heal people so we can do relationships better, so we can do our own lives better. Yes, sir. Uh, and to go back and excavate all the pain of our past hurts and, and begin to deal with it because we've been moving forward but we still stuck back at five. They're stuck moving at six. sideways. There's not, you cannot fully move forward when you're tethered to something back there. So you may, it may look like you're moving forward, but at some point the tension is going to hit that rod mm. and you're only going to be able to move sideways. And I feel like that's why people feel like they're stuck is because it was forward progress, forward progress, forward, but you've not dealt with the trauma at 10 and 12 and 16. And so now it's you still using the effort and energy, but the only place you can move is sideways because you're still tethered to this thing back here. What I'm saying is let's break this chain. Let's actually deal with the damage and let's go from trauma to triumph. That's all I'm saying. What I'm saying is... uh. Bro, are you crying behind the product glass? Leave me alone. I'm product, you can't, I think I I'm thought you couldn't cry business. behind product glasses. I'm minding my own business. Nobody asked you to come over here and worry oh. about what's coming out of my eyes. <laughs> you don't see me going to Transformation Church, telling what you're doing behind your pulpit. <laughs> now, this is my pulpit. Be telling me what I'm doing. This I love the beautiful. fact that you're speaking to black men because I need our black men to heal. Because we're trying to link arms, join in holy matrimony with women that we're just bleeding on and causing more damage to them. And then they get scarred and then they give up and be like, oh, ain't no good men out there. And then it's just it's just crazy. So I love damage, but not destroyed. And every time you say damage, you always come back around and say, but not destroyed. If you leave it at damage, it's a destination. But not destroyed gives me hope. And then let me just say this. There is not one person that God used in the Bible that wasn't damaged. There it is. Not one. There it is. Not Abraham, not Adam, not Noah, not David, not Paul, not Peter. The, the only man who was perfect and was not damaged but chose to get damaged so we could be healed. 
Which, hold on. Our senior, what time is? Because I know they got to go. Tell me what time is. What, how many minutes we we recorded? Fifty three. We got seven more minutes, guys. The only person who wasn't damaged but became damaged. Talk about chose it. to be damaged so we could walk in wholeness was Jesus. This past Sunday, I did a message called "Snitches Get Stitches," <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, culture has told us to shut up, don't tell what really happened, don't yep. be honest. No, no, no. If you're honest, you you about to get whooped. Yep. You about to get taken out. Yep. But I started to just write that down and look at it. Snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. And I started to think about the life of Thomas, who Thomas was a disciple. And Jesus, after he had resurrected, came to the disciples. But for some reason, Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas had a moment that people call him doubting Thomas, but I really believe he was damaged Thomas. He had a moment where something happened to him that damaged him. Why couldn't, I, why couldn't he have waited? Why did, his disappointment turned into damage, but this is the beautiful thing. Damaged Thomas turned into honest Thomas. And when the disciples were trying to come with all their ch church colloquialisms and be like, praise the Lord, Thomas was like, forget all that. I didn't see it. I don't believe. Exactly what he said. Forget it. And God was okay with the honesty of Thomas's moment because he understood his humanity and he was disappointed and he was damaged. And I really believe it was Thomas's honesty that drew Jesus back to him because he comes back again, walks through a wall. And the first thing he says, Thomas, come here. Put your hands where they put the nails in me. Put your hands in my side. Hold on. Jesus is the healer. Why is he not healed? Teach. Why, why, didn't, why didn't he close up the wounds? He decided to stay open so that our wounds could heal. It was the honesty of Thomas that drew Jesus to him. And let him put his hand in his side so it could stitch up the damage in Thomas. So the moniker is really true. Snitches get stitches. You may be damaged, but you're not destroyed. You know, have you ever thought, have you ever thought about being a, a preacher? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel that in your future. I just Bro, feel like I received that. Hey, I received you have that. A gift. You have a gift with words. Oh, <laughs> my God. Hold I on. I got to do something. Is the, the wig back there? No, the wig, the wig ain't back there. Okay, I just had to check. I told my wife I was going to check and see if the wig was back there while I was here. My sister was damaged, but not destroyed. Shout out. Shout out to Whitney. That she video is hilarious. Is coming up. When this video dropped, it'll actually be the one-year anniversary from when that video. Oh, for real? Yes, it, it dropped um well this is drop on the 4th October the 4th October the 5th was when the infamous wig video went viral to that 100 is crazy. million plus views but the crazy thing about that is that girl is actually not just funny she's hilarious yeah, yeah. like i just i am inspired by the creativity of people and she's used that say her name whitney she'll be honored when you say that whitney yeah just witty is just witty go follow her right now because again that's another moment yeah. that somebody would have been like, that. Oh, she's yeah. damaged. Yeah. She used that moment 
and whatever God's going to do with her life. Yeah. Many times God's promotion is through pain. And most people don't recognize that it's a double blessing because it works something out of you and it works something for you. And so, yeah, man, I, it's time for me to go because I'm about to. Yeah, yeah, you about to. You I'm about to, to turn this into a Sunday morning on a on a Wednesday podcast. A Wednesday podcast. Do you hear me? Let me tell you something, man. Again, everybody on the Dear Future Wifey podcast, listen, lit fam, make sure you go pick up this book, Damaged But Not Destroyed. It's amazing. I, I, I already know it's going to be another New York Times bestseller. And crazy uh, fake. Because it's, it's, there ain't no crazy fake. There ain't man, no it's crazy only crazy, bro. It ain't crazy. It, come on. It's only crazy you, to you what happens. You become a New York Times bestseller. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> I, listen, the truth of the matter is, if it doesn't, it's okay. Will it really be okay, Mike? It's, bro. The thing that you don't know is that this summer on my sabbatical, I lost the fear of losing. So you're about to preach again. Don't do that to I, me. No, no, no. I just, I'm you, just saying. You lost the fear of losing. I'm not, what does that look like? I'm not scared of losing nothing. Like, I had to, I had to methodically and intentionally walk through everything of value in my life and ask myself, Am I okay without it? There were only two things that I was not okay without. Your wife and your kids. Yep. Yep. The house. I mean, I literally walked outside of my house, the one that God just blessed us with. Beautiful. And I said, would I be okay if this time next year I don't have it and I'm okay? That freed me to fully obey God. Oh, God. So now that I'm not attached to anything, Transformation Church, there'll be another pastor if God called me to my name. He defends my name. I don't, I can lose everything. That's good. And when I lost the fear of losing, I became super dangerous. And free. And free. And so that's why I'm saying, like, I do I want it to be a New York Times bestseller? That'd be great. Three times New York Times bestseller, that is unheard of. And you got a movie coming out. And, hey, we ain't going to talk about that. You got no, a movie coming out. We hey, gonna talk, okay, man, we're going to talk God, about God movie God continues out. to do uh -huh. what he does. But what I'm saying is, but if it doesn't, I need everybody to start asking yourself, have faith for what you want, but still be okay if it doesn't. And most people aren't okay if it doesn't. No, nah, I had to get to that point recently, but yeah. it's still some areas that I'm like, no, you know, like, just, like I just yeah. bought a house uh, a, a few weeks ago, moving, Congratulations. In, moving in today. And I'm like, if I just lost that next month, that's not going to be okay with me. It's not that it wouldn't <laughs> hurt. It's just that, would you be okay without it? Yeah. Oh, Cause I've been there before and I know God, it's like one thing that I've learned is that <laughs> One thing I've learned about God is that I don't get caught up on that little stuff because I've I've been without. I grew up poor. I grew yeah. up broke. You know what I'm saying? We forget though. Yeah, what I got now, I have never even imagined. God has done so much for me in my life now that I never ever thought that I could get it. So I'm good. Yeah. And so I know how to I know how to reinvent myself. I reinvented myself several times in different seasons or whatnot. And so I look at stuff and I'd be like, oh, oh. someone asked me that. I had uh, Love MacPherson on the podcast. I was in talks with this major network about uh, taking a dear future wifey podcast. 
podcast onto a network and they asked me, they said, what will happen, um, you know, if you get married? I said, I'm going to let this go. And I, you know, me and my wife will start something. They said, hold on, hold on. If we give you all this money, you talking about you just leave this alone. I was like, that's a season of me. That's just a season mm. of my life. They said, hold on. What in the world? So we had these little talks and, and we talked about some stuff. And they said, why don't you just bring your wife on board and y'all do this together? And I said, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we could do that. But the fact that I was, and I was dating this woman last year, and she said, you tell me you'll be willing to just give it all up. I said, because if God tells me the season is over, it's, it's over. Because if I stay in the season too long, <laughs> now I become a failure in the very thing that I was prosperous in. <laughs> Buy damage, but not destroy. Yeah, because we gonna do a whole nother <laughs> podcast off of that. Listen, oh my gosh! But the truth of the matter is, that means you've done some work. That means that you've done some counseling. That means that you have have disassociated your your identity from from the things that people connected to. And this is why I'm saying this is why everybody should buy the book. This is why everybody should follow the series that I'm in right now. I'm doing a series for 9, 10, 12, I don't know. 36 weeks. 36 weeks yeah. um, at Transformation Church is because what's not transformed is transferred. If if you don't actually do the work on the inside of you, yeah. it's going to the people that you say you love the most. There it is. The back of this book, I don't know if you can see yeah. it in the camera right here. This is me, my dad, my four brothers, and my son's face. Everybody think this is just me That's ripped up. That's why I thought up. that was you, different seasons. This is three generations of Todd men. And this is my son's eye, MJ, and this is my eye. This is my dad's cheek. These are my brother's faces. But it still looks like me. You, if you don't deal with your damage, you end up affecting every person you say you love. If you can't figure out why and how to do it for yourself at least do it for the people you say you love i got to ask who came with that dope concept my youngest brother grayson said the split of y'all faces he's up a like creative this. genius he i mean like and and him plus my god brother john who does all my graphics and stuff i mean he's done my last three book covers and who we, the person that be doing it that 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 promo video for this book Oh, that was the young lady that's standing behind the camera. That's Mima. She she killed that. She did not do that. Yeah. Like she directed creative all I mean, I'm I'm hands-on in everything creative. I'm a creative, but I have been blessed to with a find team that's ridiculous. Whose hearts are better than their talent. And that's really the coolest thing is like people know why we're doing this to represent God. And so they bring their best and like I just have the faith to believe and I have a commitment to execute at a high level. And when I say y'all doing it, one thing that I do want to, um, before I let you go that I, you know, I'm mad at is that you didn't bring me no merch from transformation. I, I, I got the dopest. No, I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear no, no excuses. Just, just dang, apologize. No excuses. I, okay. I see some of the dopest apparel from transformation. You didn't bring me no t-shirt, bro. no mug, bro. no, bro. All right. I'm going to send you something. All right. All right. I'm going to send you something uh -huh. and you better post when I send I, I you because, because I'm going to send I you want, something. I want some of that good, good stuff. I got, you be, no, 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 bro. I like the truth of the matter is it's coming soon to the world. But I will not put out something to the masses that I don't feel passes the test of it holding up in culture to represent God. <laughs> you said holding up to culture. Bro, you said we, it can't be whack, huh? It can't bro, be not, no church putting not, out no whack stuff. We, we're not printing t-shirts. 
I mean, I don't mean that in that. I know any what you're talking about. You said we're going to do it. We're, we're going to do it right. We've been overseas. All yeah. the stuff you've seen is cut and sew. Yeah. Like, we, oh, I I'm, know it. We sourcing material. I'm just trying to make sure. Like, if this is for my God, this is not for money. This is to hopefully get somebody out of the kingdom of darkness. So how in the world I'm going to get somebody the cheapest shirt, charge them the most money, and then tell them God wants to bless you? Like, well, come on, man. Like, like I'm going to send him one of the Letterman jackets. Yes. Amen. I want you to see the quality on this thing. It's crazy. Extra large. Extra large, please. Amen. And we'll Amen. send it back to you. And bro, but and if y'all don't send it, I'm going to Dear Future Wifey podcast. Go Mike off. Ty lied to go me. Go off. He lied to me. Now hold on. I'm hold on. Video. Now hold on. I'm you will I'm never saying. have to do that. I'm now saying. one thing, one thing they have not done is there's not anybody who we've given away over $10 million. There's not one video out there. That said that y'all didn't honor what y'all do. So go and make me a promise. Go promise me some millions. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm promising you a jacket. All right. I love y'all. Y'all give it up. Y'all give it up, my boy. Thank y'all so much. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just two many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. 
We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm Latarius R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Oh boy, man, let me tell you, this episode was for me. It, it was for me to elevate my faith, to continually know that God is God. What does that mean? That means that the Bible says that he owns a cat on a thousand hills. A lot of times I limit my faith based upon my own resources. So to lean into God more and to know the things that I'm faith and believe in God for, that he can, he will provide. So I think about Kingdom Royale. Um, I heard at the beginning of this episode to know that I have been exercising my faith for God to open up a door and, um, yeah, to open up a door to get the land, got the land, but now believe in God to pay off the land and then even more so believe in God to provide the resources to build the house that will be on the land for the foster boys. <sighs> yeah, like I said, this episode is for me. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Tied for um, just pouring into us today. Now, here's a favorite part. Here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I believe in the power of God. I believe that he is a healer, deliverer, righteous redeemer, miracle worker, chain breaker. I just believe that he is the source and the resource to all we need as a couple. I've watched God take my brokenness and heal me on levels that have set the captives free. My question to you is, what can God not do? If you answered was fail, you're the one for me. 
Our faithfulness to the Father will grant us access to the kingdom and we will unlock every blessing with our name inscribed on it. You are the epitome of grace, class, dignity, humility, and love. We will do this thing called life together. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.